Welcome to Defen, episode number 29. This is Vijay from uh, Holland. Yeah, it's Ray from Belgium. And we have the cowboy coder himself. <laughs> is that my name? Yeah, I like yes. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up, but why not? I think I, I always <laughs> imagine you as the, the closure cowboy lone coder, Zach. <laughs> So tell me who you are. Yeah. Anyway. You know, I was trying to push that I'm the Bob Ross of closure, but I like that even more. <laughs> I, uh, oh, then, then you need the fancy hairdo, right? You guys know Bob Ross? No. I wasn't sure if Europeans knew. Of course. Everybody knows Bob Ross. I don't know Bob Ross. Oh, you too, that dude, <laughs> man. He's, uh, he's, I'm him, first of all. All right. Um, except okay. for closure. <laughs> I don't know if that helps. Not really, but you know... <laughs> Give me one more clue. You know? <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna make screencasts about things like oh let's just put the parentheses over there. There's nothing wrong with the parentheses. Yeah. Let's keep adding a couple <laughs> more there. There you go. That's exactly it. Turn every mistake into a happy mistake. That's what he's all about. <laughs> and all of my projects wow. are happy mistakes. So nice. So this is episode number. 29 with Bob Ross of Closure, Mr. Zach. Right on, right on. <laughs> Mr. Zach, the Mighty Oaks. <laughs> yeah, Mighty Oak. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I have a question about your your domain name. What is Sekau? It's Oaks backwards, dude. Come on. Oh, you and I know it? that yeah, one. But, Come on. No, but <laughs> I thought O-A-K-K-S is O-A-K-E-S. Yeah. yeah. That's a cow. Oh, uh, because I kept typing you. I, yeah. I kept typing your name as Oaks, like Oak Tree. Ah, uh, like thousand-year-old yeah, okay, Oak Tree. Yeah. Well, you misspelled it both ways. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Oaks. Uh, my understanding is, uh, you know, the whatever American settlers um, that we, our ancestors, they used to spell it yep. O A K S, but right. then they, oh. it, it, it just. Uh, felt a little too gauche, a little too common person. So at some point they decided to add the E, mm. a silent E, you know, because silent E's are fancy. Okay. Right. And so yeah. now it's O-A-K-E-S. That's what I've been told. Yeah. But who knows? That's nice. Well, it's an no, interesting there question a... there, though. Do you drop the E or do you drop the A? Nowadays. Because yeah. actually, nowadays you say <laughs> Oaks and it's just like O-K-E-S. So the E is still good there. <laughs> You know, or do you say, well, I mean, I don't know, where are you going on that one? I, I'm, I'm not going to be changing my name anytime soon, but, um, okay. you know. Especially yeah. after you register the domain. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can now. <laughs> That's now written into the internet forever. Yeah. But Sequoia so, is like Sequoia in some way. So it's a bit of a kind of tree yeah. reference so there. It's still, still a tree. I didn't even think about that. You guys are blowing my mind right now. This yeah, is... we know. <laughs> it's, it's just three minutes in. I mean, you need to wait for another 30 minutes, and then it's going to be, like, fucking awesome and, yeah. and weird, and then you start seeing rainbows and unicorns. And it's, it's just going to be amazing from now on. What exactly have you taken before this episode? Yeah. <laughs> just, just so I understand, VJ, <laughs> where are we going to go now? <laughs> I, I always uh, come prepared. Right, okay. <laughs> okay so let's let's talk about the the, the stuff that so zach um closure or anything else you want to talk about <laughs> how did you I, get into yeah. closure i um well i guess uh 
I, I'm not sure how I originally found out about it, but uh, back when I was younger, I was really into cryptography and peer-to-peer -peer networking, all this like cyberpunk stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I wanted to make something along those lines. And uh, I found a, a Java library with all the the crypto code that I, I wanted to use, um, but I didn't want to write Java. And uh, I uh, I came across Clojure. I had never used a list before, mm. but I decided, well, you know, it, it works with Java, so I'll try it out. Uh, that project was called Nightweb. It ended up kind of crashing and burning, but um, but I stuck with Closure since then, and 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 for the most part abandoned the uh, the crypto stuff, and uh, and I got into what I'm doing now with like making beginner tools and mm -hmm. uh, and games and stuff like that. But that's how I got into it. It was really just the JVM. Um, uh, you know, a lot of other people that get into it other ways, but it was definitely, that was huge for me is, is actually being able to work with Java code. So was that the Bouncy Castle stuff, was it? Or was it some other more obscure I think, crypto thing? I think it was using Bouncy Castle, but um, the main project was called I2P, which is a uh, anonymous network um, similar to Tor. Mm -hmm. All right, okay. Um you know, it's uh, it's like less well known. It's for the hipsters who uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to use something that no one knows about. You can use I two P. I think that's your that's that's your that's your stick though, isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a hipster. Look at me. I got a mustache and a baseball cap on. <laughs> but uh, but it's true though. I do like to um, try different things. I don't really like. I said I don't really do the. Uh, crypto stuff very much anymore right. but but i mean i i fell in love and uh i've been using closure for five years now and haven't gotten tired yet uh so so that's basically how how i started with it but before before that though i mean with the crypto stuff and and all the the cyberpunk stuff so give us a bit more about that because that sounds you know i mean you didn't stick with it but what brought you to that wait are, are you satoshi Ah. <laughs> let's get it out of the way first <laughs> i uh i am not satoshi i'm not satoshi but i uh that's what satoshi would say though I, <laughs> exactly <laughs> i uh i worked for the nsa i i for the national security mm. or yeah agency and uh i was i don't know I, I, at the time i was fascinated with that subject mm. and mm. uh you know, this was before Snowden, so it was before the NSA was, you know, something that everybody knew about. They used to call it no such agency, yeah, like yeah. that's what they used to call NSA. And but now everybody knows it because because uh, all the revelations. <laughs> but um, yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. It, that that was part of, part of the reason why I was really into it. Um, but I, I think after a while, I just got burnt out. And uh, I don't want to fight the man, you know. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I want to pursue other things now, and uh, and so I, so I, I, that's part of the reason I abandoned it. It was just Nightweb really burnt me out, right? Because uh, I, I really yeah. poured a lot of effort into that, and uh, um, you know, the, the nice thing is that it got me into closure, but 
you know, every, every, it, it was a happy accident, you know, same, same thing we were just talking about. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you're the Bob Ross of, <laughs> Hell yeah. of closure. <laughs> <laughs> but why, why, why beginner's tool, tools though? I mean, it, it seems like there, there is, if I, if I see your list of projects, there is IDE, 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 and IDE, and the, the, these kind of things seems to be like extremely, um, I don't know, uh, I would never start an IDE project because yeah. i know how monumental it, it sounds actually even starting an yeah. editor itself is like oh fuck you know that's that's gonna be too much work yeah why um, did you pick this uh, stream well originally it was because i uh after the crypto stuff i got into teaching um mm. and i wanted to have a good tool to teach closure and uh uh i think both um emacs and intellij are a bit too much for a, a beginner and mm. I, and I mean like a ground level beginner, like mm. someone who mm. has no programming experience. Uh, both of those are very powerful tools, but uh, I think they can be overwhelming. So that's, that's how I started getting into it. Uh, also, um, I'm weird in, <laughs> in, in the way I write code. Uh, I, I'm my biggest user, by the way, of my tools. I use all of my own stuff. Mm. Uh, even though they're beginner tools. And the reason why is that uh, I, uh, I'm not one of those people who sees programming as an art form, mm -hmm. like, like people who mm -hmm. actually care a lot about coding style. And, and these are the same people who also tend to love tweaking their tools. They just love everything about, uh, you know, it, uh, getting the absolute best setup, you know, and just tweaking yeah. it constantly. I know Don't this know sounds about that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> DJ, you better hide your Emacs uh, config file immediately. <clears throat> yes. Perfect example. Perfect example. Um, me, like, honestly, when I accidentally open up Emacs, I don't even know how to close it. I, I'm not even joking. <laughs> you have to turn the machine <laughs> off. Yeah. <that's> it. <laughs> <laughs> Set it on fire, actually. Just put it on fire. It's right the <laughs> that's what I always do. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was never like that. I, uh, even before closure, I was always like, I look at programming as a sledgehammer that I whack my problems with. I just, I don't, I don't think about it in terms of an art form. I just, uh, I just hammer at my problem and often it's ugly. Often I duplicate code and it's just like, don't look at any of my projects. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, it's, 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 you know, often quite gnarly, but, uh, but that also means I, I, I always hated configuring tools. It just yeah. drove me nuts because in my mind, it, it had nothing to do with the problem I was trying to solve. It was just like, just give mm -hmm. me notepad or text edit or something. And, and I might not even notice that there's not syntax highlighting. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was always that kind of person. And so beginner tools were actually perfect for me too, mm -hmm. because they're all about, you don't need to configure it. You just, you know, launch it and use it. And that was the case with Nightcode. You know, the, the whole idea of it mm -hmm. was, you don't have to actually do any configuration. You just download it, you launch it, and everything's already set up. So I, I might be weird in that respect, but uh, that's one of the reasons I did it is really just uh, for myself. And, you know, if it helps other people, then yeah. all the better. Yeah. I think that's a nice, nice pitch for this episode. I say, oh, 
Zach Oaks, everybody, closure programmer. And then and from Zach's voice, it's like, don't look at my code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please don't. I'm embarrassed about all of it. Yeah, actually, when, when you were doing your, your, your screencast, I was looking at some of your code and I was thinking, shit, there's a bug right there. You know, this guy, what is going on? You know? I'd have to talk to him about it on the cast, you know, but yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. You know, I don't want to shim you in public. Oh, I already have. Okay, shit. Okay. My users are well aware of, uh, of what my bugs are like. They, uh, they happen early and often, as they say. So. Look, all, with, with, with all the methane, with uh, cows and everything, bugs are necessity these days. I mean, we need to live with bugs now. So you can't just say, this is for, this is for the planet. Yeah. So keep more bugs in the code. That's nice. It's, it, so, that might also, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, my, okay, what I'm talking yeah. about is that now people start eating bugs now. Oh, I see, okay, right, 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 right. Okay. Jesus Christ. It's like, I wasn't even trying to follow it. I was just pretending like, you didn't say anything. Is it like, is it like, I think it was like bug coin or something, you know? It's like. <laughs> That's true. You don't don't give me ideas because last week I saw crypto kitties and I and I keep thinking oh maybe I should make crypto I don't know puppies or something and then yeah. have have you have you read about crypto kitties already No I never heard of it That's like uh, it, it, Ethereum based uh, online kittens that you can buy okay oh. collectibles so everybody gets a unique um, <laughs> like Pokemon whatever sense. the fuck that is like Pokemon for uh, <laughs> Yeah exactly Ethereum. like like exactly like Say Pokemon no but but digital <laughs> Yeah, but oh, digital. Wow. That makes total and, and sense. And the biggest yeah. kitty, not biggest, but the Genesis uh, Zero kitty is almost like, um, I think, six Ethereums, uh, six Ether thingies, and that would be around, I don't know. Um, Two grand? 2,000 euros or something. Yeah, wow. for, for a digital shit. Anyway, coming back to closure now. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I told you, this is just 15 minutes in, and then you, you're just flabbergasted in the first five minutes. I told you in 15 yeah. minutes... We don't know where we'll be going by the time we finish this. I think this, we should just call we'll, we'll out, you know? coins. <laughs> <laughs> Start again. Right, anyway, just just before we go back just 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 a little bit more of the of the background though. Um so Zach, we always I, I ask people, I don't always ask people, whatever. We sometimes ask people <laughs> like <laughs> Normally, closure is like the zenith of all programming languages. It's just a beautiful language, um, you know, and people say, oh, it doesn't matter what the programming language is, but fuck off. It does matter. It, it really matters. And I'm sorry. And I'm not sorry, actually. I love closure. I love coding in it. I think it's a beautiful language. I enjoy it. I'm proud to be programming in closure. I like the fact that we can do it. Um, people, people knock it, but, you know, whatever. My point is that some people code in shitty languages to begin with, you know, like Java or PHP or whatever. What about yourself? What's your, the, the worst ever programming language you've used? And maybe you don't agree with me, by the way. Maybe you think, you know, close is just a thing, but, you know, I think you'll love it as well. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I mean, I use both of those uh, quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, the thing I always liked about PHP uh, which is a sentence I never thought I would start with. Uh, is uh, this is going to be online forever? <laughs> no, it's PHP, uh, not PCP. Okay, remember that. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, when I was uh, about seventeen, eighteen, 
Um, my first foray into web development was PHP. Sure. And I didn't choose mm -hmm. it. It just like I just thought that's what every website was built with. And uh, I I got a DreamHost account, uh, and I think they mm -hmm. still exist. They they're like they're yeah. I, I I host with them actually. Do you really? Oh, you do. Still okay. Yeah, and I've been paying them since 1998 or something. Yeah, they've been around forever. <laughs> and exactly, I um, and what I loved is uh, I was a stupid kid, but I could just write a little PHP file and go to their little uh, web FTP thing, mm -hmm. upload it, and then hit the right URL, and it would just run. You know, we don't yeah. actually have that right now. Like with Closure, there's no there's no similar beginner experience there that's something i'd i'd like to work on hmm. but um but and now part of that is because cgi style web apps are just inherently simpler but i think php in particular was so good at that it was like uh it, it was built to run inside apache and it was hmm. such a simple mental model hmm. uh and maybe it's a bit anachronistic now you know because it's all about single page web apps and whatnot but I loved that about it. And the language itself was kind of ugly. You know, there's some inconsistencies and different name naming and stuff like that. I don't actually care about that. It's the same thing like people who complain about uh, the um, inconsistent naming and closure. You know, there is some in yep. kind of weird uh, naming conventions, uh, the any question mark, that sort of stuff. I, I just personally, I don't really care. Uh, it's just hard to get worked up about. It's probably the same reason that I, you know, use Notepad. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't care about this stuff at all. Uh, so, so when you say bad languages, I, uh, to me, uh, uh, if it's just ugly in sort of a surface sense, like PHP, I don't actually mind. Um, now, uh, my first language is C plus plus, and that was bad in a different sense. Because uh, you know it was uh, very easy to mess up, and uh, really too low level for a fifteen-year-old to be, uh, <laughs> you know, to be messing with it. It's just, at least for me at the time, you know. Um, but I, I don't have strong feelings against any programming language. It just doesn't. Uh, but I totally agree with you though that it does matter. Like it's not like it doesn't matter. Programming languages definitely do matter. Um, you know, closure uh, has absolutely totally changed my uh, career. You know, mm. it's it's mm. not even just a hobby anymore. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, and so, you know, I, I definitely think it matters. But uh, the things that I hate about programming languages are not surface level things uh, like naming conventions. It's more like well, what I now understand to be things like immutability, right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I still miss the simplicity of PHP in that one sense because I'm so focused on beginner tools that mm. like I would love to have that kind of experience for closure. I think you're absolutely nailed it there. I mean, uh, this would this is one of the biggest complaints I think of closure is that you know beginner experience isn't as good as it should be. You know, yeah. it's not just like uh, slipping off a log. Um, I think the work that you're doing really will help that as well. So kudos, but. But yeah, um, so quick, just a small question back to your points there. Why did you walk up to C++ as a 15-year-old? I mean, that seems like, uh, you know, <laughs> that seems like you're just like walking into a door or something, and then you should just walk away <laughs> or see how you can open it and get a better language. I mean, what, what happened yeah. there? Yeah, 
Well, I, it, it, <laughs> I didn't choose it, unfortunately. I, uh, I was in 10th grade, and, uh, and it was a class that I took. Man, that's um, a cruel teacher. It, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, the, the funny thing, I mean, in the U.S., programming is still not a standard thing that, that is taught in all high schools. I was lucky enough in my high school um, to have at least some kind of programming, um, but we, uh, but they don't typically have uh, actual <laughs> programmers teaching it. Right, <laughs> they have. Yeah. It's usually yeah. math teachers. Yeah. Um, and and so you know, it's it's not always ideal, but I was lucky just to have something. Hmm. Uh, so it was a a half year C plus plus class. And I, I don't know, I was not the best at it, but I kind of liked it. And then my senior year, I had a full year Java class. Right. Um, hmm. And uh, once again, wasn't the best, but I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I was not good enough at math and physics to actually major in computer science. It's just, you know, the the those subjects just didn't work well for me. But... I taught myself in my free time hmm. and eventually convinced someone to let me write code for money. It took a long time, <laughs> but it like it uh, it yeah. eventually happened. Awesome. Yeah. I think many, many programmers are like that, you know. Uh, it's very, very especially in the you know, when in the sort of nineties, uh, it wasn't so easy to get into college, the science wasn't mm -hmm. so well developed and i think even now if i look at computer science i didn't follow a standard route either and i just think it is fucking boring you know um doing these, all these like maths algorithms all day you know I, to me i don't give a shit about that you know i want to think i want to move pixels on a screen or i want to yeah <laughs> well that's how i am i i think that we just need a separation like there's room mm. for um the more abstract part of this discipline yeah um but there also needs to be like a separate curriculum for software engineering which is mm. you know not as mathy but focused on building things mm. and mm. uh i would have loved that um uh, but it did not exist uh where i went to school so i just yeah. taught myself so yeah what i find with my son is uh he's still here he's probably listening to this <laughs> is that uh you know they're they're i mean he's 13 but they're doing like these robotics things um at the school mm -hmm. And that seems really nice because then they, they, they can sort of feel, all oh, right, I'm moving this robot around and, yeah. you know, uh, it's a bit like the kind of logo thing that was available to some people. I didn't never saw it when I was at school, but I know some people had it and it's kind of a legendary yeah. bullshit thing now. But but robotics seems to be a thing which is getting into schools everywhere now, which is really good because I think that, that makes people feel like they can do something for real, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, that sounds perfect. Uh for for younger people especially yeah. i hope that that happens in the u.s as well um so if you guys are getting it then you know probably 20 years from now we will too <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> oh my god the u.s <laughs> you know what u.s means you know <laughs> when you write u.s on something uh i thought it just meant us does it stand for something yeah it means know. useless actually <laughs> It really does. I mean, write, that's an army saying, actually. If you write US on something, it means it's totally fucked. You know, it's kaput. I think, I think you will be our last US guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're going to all burn in flames pretty shortly anyway, so 
it's assuming any if anybody is listening from the US I mean you'll be the last guest have, so hey, that's okay I have to have you guys been to the US of course yeah yeah okay no no I I've never been to the you US haven't? No. oh man well no. I, I just went to Europe for the first time this year for uh ah, for uh, okay. closure D I felt like such yeah. a fish out of water uh I mean I mean it, it, it some things um were similar but yeah. uh, goodness like uh I already told you earlier that the the train system blew my mind. Yeah. That was awesome. I had never actually ridden on a train before at all until, <laughs> until wow. I went there. Yeah. We don't we don't ride, ride trains God. here, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I I come from India and then we have a pretty well, we have a <laughs> shitty railway system, but we have a railway system, you know. We we need to go from one but, one place to the other. But you should come. I remember you should come to in, I mean, there's an experience here that you can't get in Europe like the like the <laughs> like the cross-country road trip. Okay, you need to yeah, do that. Yeah. A lot of Europeans will come here and they'll like rent a car yeah. and do, you know, go to Grand Canyon, shit like yeah. that. You got to do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I want to because I'm not sure if my um, skin gradient is uh, convenient <laughs> enough to get into the US easily. So, you know, that's one of the shit that I, that I hate about uh, traveling. So, you never know. Well, I'm, I'm assuming they have some sort of a... Some sort of a gradient card well, to check my my Pantone code or something. Is, and then uh, go to Canada first, and then sneak in through the northern border. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't really defend that very yeah. much. It's just like too long. That, that, well, that is a, that is a surefire way of. <laughs> <laughs> just I think we we'll be, we'll, <laughs> because we are offending any uh, all of them anyway. So I'm thinking if I get into from 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 US from the north, they'll throw me into Mexico because you know you you look like. A, <laughs> more straight from through. that guy just straight through just flush <laughs> exactly just just pass through <laughs> <laughs> right right but i i would like to um uh, travel at one point Let, let's see in the next uh, six years what happens and then you know everything will be cheaper in the u.s assuming you know right on, Trump right on. Finishes it. yeah and uh no Anyway, I, I okay, do not let's, wish let's, uh, bad things for uh, the big What are we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about like going to different countries and stuff and the US being a yes. piece of shit because they don't have robotics and you're 20 years. <laughs> every, every, when I was growing up, the US used to be like the place where all, of, all the modern things happened. And now it seems like it's the other way around, you know. It seems like the US is like a third world country almost. I, I go there and I'm not joking about that even. I mean, it hasn't got a railway system. The, the, the long delays at the airport. Oh, come on, they they, uh, they just launched the, the the roads are all falling to pieces. They, you know, the bridges are all falling to pieces. Oh. All of, all of their infrastructure is but, crap. But there are they Teslas. They don't make decent coffee. I mean, honestly, every, everything <laughs> about that country is just like like now now I now I, now I'm a grown up. I realize that actually we have pretty good beer. <laughs> we have pretty good. Yeah, you know, you, I mean, I come from Belgium. Have so you ever I had don't Yingling? So. Compared to Belgium, <laughs> you need to try Yingling. Uh, it's, it is, uh, it's like... my home state's beer. All right, okay. And, um, I don't know. I like it here. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the this is the best episode ever. Finally, people are opening up to us. <laughs> oh Christ! Yeah. This is awesome. I'm telling them the real things. <laughs> this is this is what we started this podcast for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Finally, this Real is this is the this is the yeah. peak episode. On on the 29th episode we finally hear people's voice. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> respect Zach, respect. I think I think what you you said what everyone else who's listening actually wanted to say. So. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true and 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 this is coming from bob ross of closure you know like the, the <laughs> I'm uh, I'm the spokesman. The, the happiest guy ever. <laughs> I'm the spokesman for all of your unsatisfied listeners. <laughs> just, uh, just conveying their thoughts to you. you know? <laughs> Much appreciated. All, all, all the two of them. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, we, we do occasionally get Americans coming in and sort of, you know, being a bit dissatisfied. But fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Actually, fuck then, everybody. But they're, no, they're, norm, they're normally the people who are like, oh, keep the politics out of this. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> exactly. You elected that guy. <laughs> we didn't start it. <laughs> All right, anyway, look, forget it. Right, let's go back to closure. <laughs> yes. No, no, before, before, before going to closure. All the things are out of the way now. <laughs> Sorry, I have sorry, um, no, 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 not yet. Oh, email. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ob- obviously. Um, but I was, I was thinking, I was taking a look at um, your 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 list of projects, and um, I was wondering what is your experience with Rust because you had a little small ex- experiment, or I'm, I'm not sure if it is an experiment. You, you did some Rust IDE as well, so you played sure, with Rust. Yeah. What is your opinion about Rust? Um, well. And part of it is that uh, because C++ was my first language, I always wanted to go back a little bit to uh, to low-level programming because mm. it's kind of been a while. Mm. And also, to be honest, there was about a six-month period where I had what you might call a crisis of confidence with Clojure. Right. Um, mm. And uh, and part of it was because I had to work on a Clojure code base that someone else wrote. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> closure is awesome code. until you have to like read someone else's closure and you're like, what the fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this was before spec came out. So there wasn't really any answer to the whole, uh, question of, uh, how could we document what's coming into this function? What's going mm-hmm. out? Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I had a bit of a crisis I uh, played with Rust. I made a IDE, of course, because what else am <laughs> yeah, I going to do? Obviously, <laughs> and uh, and and I don't know. It was a it was a fun six months of just messing around. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I started to miss the REPL. There's no REPL, real REPL with Rust. Um, and also, honestly, the kinds of soft kind of software that I want to write, um, Rust is not necessarily. The best choice for you know rust rust will be great if you've got uh resource constraints hmm. or yep. if it's something that's just very safety critical um you know if you're, if you're programming someone's heart monitor i hope no one lets yeah. me do that because <laughs> they're dead you know they're gone and uh and and so so i I just started realizing. No, but but like, how 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 difficult can it be? It has only two states, on or off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No one let him do it either. Okay. <laughs> that is not the right model. Okay. <laughs> and 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 so it was a it was a fun uh, you know excursion, but for the most part, uh, I just I just realized uh, closure is a good fit for my brain. Um, I really like to play around and experiment with code. And, uh, you know, the REPL is the perfect tool for that. Yeah. And uh, and so I went back to Clojure with a, a fresh, 
perspective. Um, I, I definitely will still reach for Rust for certain things, but uh, I just I haven't really found a whole lot of excuses recently. And mm -hmm. and with spec now, it's it's really like filled in that one gap that was in my mind. Um, it, mm -hmm. It's actually I, I I just think it's one of the most exciting things to happen uh, since closure you know was released. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's still blowing my mind like even today. Because because uh, I finally started using it to actually parse or uh, destructure uh, data structures. Because um, yeah. previously I was only using it as a uh, you know as a check runtime checking thing. Yep. And yep. it just blew my mind. You know, it it, it just uh, I uh, I actually feel really lucky that I uh, can use something like this. You know, so mm. uh, I I mean I. I'm, I'm, I'll probably play around with Rust some more, but that's that's really the story there. It was it was a uh, six months where I dated somebody else and then went back to <laughs> the old uh, oh, yeah. There's just a, a quick question on that. What I, the funny thing about Rust to me, I mean, I, I, maybe I'm, I've got this wrong and I get some things wrong occasionally, apparently. Um, but uh, <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> this is not just you guys telling me this, by the way. You know, I've got a family here. <laughs> <laughs> They're keeping it real, um, but yes. What should I say? The uh, yeah, the thing about Rust is it comes from Mozilla, doesn't it? And it's like the idea is that next generation browser will be written in this shit piece of crap. Um, so yep. why why isn't anyone writing some some proper browser stuff? You know, in Clojure or something more dynamic? Which because it seems totally annoying to me that we have this like browser that's written in a crap language, C plus plus or C. And then it has to run this other crap language, JavaScript, on top of it. It just seems like the whole infrastructure of the internet is built on shit. I mean, am I wrong, or is that just like, well, it is what it is, so let's just deal with it? Well, you know, Clojure runs on top of these platforms, <laughs> which means yeah. you're saying that it's running on top of shit, too. <laughs> well, it is, but I mean, I mean you know, it's... but we're... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing that I love about Clojure is the fact that there is a uh, a, a very strong streak of uh, pragmatism to sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there, if you if you want to reinvent the world uh, from the ground up, um, you're you're not gonna write, write a hosted language. You're gonna you're gonna do something that is uh, completely ground level. Um, boil the the whole ocean, mm. and uh, and it'll be gorgeous i'm sure it'll be gorgeous and useless but yeah. it, <laughs> and uh and i and I, I love the fact that closure not only um embraces these you know you might say ugly platforms but it even doesn't try to hide them you know mm. it lets it actually lets the details seep through it um you know yeah. like with with both the jvm closure and closure script mm. it doesn't try to hide the underlying platform um, which is fairly unique. A lot of the other hosted languages, they uh, they try to pretend like that underlying platform doesn't exist, and they try to wrap it and you know, uh, you know, hide it behind some layer. And uh, mm. I, I actually think that's a mistake. I'm convinced now that it's a mistake to do that. I mean, it's not just that it's a performance hit. Mm. Uh, it, it's that you're you're constantly creating this uh, this leaky abstraction that uh, you're going to have to continuously maintain as the platform changes underneath it. Um, so I don't actually mind the whole embracing the ugly world thing. 
You know, I think that's like a big part of what of how closure works. Um, and it, I mean, it, I, I think, you know, the world itself is ugly, you know, uh, instead Preach. of making, <laughs> oh God, I don't want to go back to the old discussion. Please. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I love that philosophy a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my yeah. whole point. I agree with you. So. No, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not about just ugliness, right? It's, it's, it's the way the, the world is. I mean, it's not. It's not about beauty or ugly. It's yeah. it's it's, uh, it's it's inconsistent. That's that's how the world is. Yeah. I mean, you you can't put platonic solids onto the world and then say you know everything is gonna be like this. Right. Then you try to fit everything into 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 these categories. So that that that's what I think the dynamic languages shine through this kind of um, thinking. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the actual mm -hmm. the the example. I mean, I don't know if you were thinking about this example, uh, Zach, but. The example of where they try to not have that is Elm, where they say, okay, we're not going to leak the JavaScript world into Elm. Everything is typed, yeah. and we're going to make everything hard, and we're going to have these like hard barriers on the input and the output side, and, you know, and you're going to have to maintain that. And that, you know, I think, I think Elm is very nice in, in, you know, you can do some nice things with it in itself. But I think, I think that, to your point, it's one of the things that I think Rich was saying at the beginning was that it's an island type mentality. You know, you're yeah. going to stay on the island. And if, if you're on the island, that's great. You know, you can have a nice life on the island, but you're going to miss out on a hell of a lot of infrastructure. You know, oh, <laughs> you yeah. don't have modern plumbing. No. You don't have, you know, running that's, water. You yeah. don't have uh, sanitation. Um, or you do, but it's going to take you a shitload of time to make it all happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's a perfect example. Um, I mean, I, I can't claim to be a, uh, uh, that knowledgeable of Elm, but that that's definitely the uh, picture that I got as well. Um, you know, you have to wrap everything, yeah. and uh, mm. um, it, it looks like they're not really trying to utilize things like React. They're trying to write their own thing. Oh yeah, that does yeah. the same thing, and, and that's kind of an example. I mean, uh, may, maybe the, your thing ends up being better, but you're you're on your own now, and uh, yeah. Yeah. and ultimately. What that means is you're going to have a big project with lots of hairs in it, and 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 all of the parts that interact with JavaScript, you're going to end up just writing in JavaScript mm -hmm. because it's easier than going through this this layer that you are forcing people to go through. And it, I mean, how mm -hmm. is it better to make people write more JavaScript? <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible idea. I I, I love Good call. like in. And uh, with ClojureScript, I mean, it's just as easy to call a JavaScript function as it is to call yeah. it from JavaScript. And that's, yeah. that's such an uh, incredible thing that you take for granted. But uh, th th that's part of the reason why is that it's just a philosophical difference. Mm. All right. So I, I think, you know, after like 40 minutes, we've probably <laughs> done the background, <laughs> the background check. <laughs> yes. Your old yeah. friends at the NSA might have... <laughs> requested <laughs> uh right okay so cool so actually there was a there was a project that that you and i talked about a, a long while well, i had a small conversation about was paren soup that got me kind of you know put me put you on my radar at least um and i think we will come on to these editors uh, in a bit but tell us a little bit about paren soup because i mean i i kind of amazed by paren soup just everything is like from the beginning Purely 100% closure script. Uh, you know, it's not using all the other stuff like code mirror and things like that. So, what was this? Yeah. What was your thinking there? 
Uh, well, I don't know if I was thinking anything. I mean, <laughs> at the, uh, it's I instinctive. Was, uh, You're coding instinctively. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a Zen. My, uh, my, uh, initial goal was, uh, that, you know, I, I noticed that all of these blog posts, okay, David Nolan, all, all these people with closure script blog posts where yeah. they need to show code, they're always using code mirror. Yeah. And, you know, code mirror is fine, but it actually, uh, you know, it has very basic support for closure script, you know, it's mm. very simple syntax highlighting and, uh, and whatnot. I knew you could do better. Um, if you actually wrote it in closure script, I mean, the great thing about Lisp is it's really good at reading itself. Right. It's like it, it, uh, it knows its own syntax. And, uh, and I knew you could do interesting stuff like, uh, not just rainbow parentheses, but uh, things like an InstaREPL, hmm. um, yeah. which previously was only available in uh, Lighttable. And uh, hmm. so I built this out, and the first version was horrible. Um, it was almost unusable because uh, uh, on a fundamental level, the way it worked is it uses tools.reader to parse the code every time you type something. Hmm. Well, if you break the hmm. syntax, you know, you type an open paren, but there's no close paren. Tools reader says, you know, I'm not dealing with I'm that. Out of here. Screw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so everything breaks. And uh, and I was scratching my head. I, I didn't really know how to solve this. And then shortly afterwards, Sean LeBron came out with Parnfer. Right. And yeah. it was just like mana from heaven. You know, it just like <laughs> it just came down yeah. right there on a silver yeah. platter. And uh, and I integrated it into Paren Soup, and it fixed the problem completely because Parnfer, you know, it does that. It it, it uh, instantly matches Parens, and uh, and now all of a sudden the AST was almost never breaking, and and so yeah. so now we had this nice little browser-based editor with all these cool features that CodeMirror will never have, um, and it actually worked now, and. Uh, and I thought that was going to be it, but eventually uh, I realized uh, when I rewrote Nightcode that I could actually put it into Nightcode. And, um, mm. and that's what I did. Night, Nightcode has a, a little web view that is running uh, Paren Soup in it. Right. And ever since then, I, I've made a whole bunch of other IDEs that also use Paren Soup. So now like, that one little library yeah. is feeding into like four different projects, uh, and, and they're all using the same Paren Soup editor. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, print, print soup ended up uh, paying off, but uh, that was the original idea. It was just like make something better than Code Mirror that was just focused on closure syntax, and that's it. Yeah, maybe so. you should have called it Parent Turtle Soup, because then it would be Parent Turtles all the way down. Yeah, Parent Parent Turtle. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your accent, it took me a while to figure okay. out. No, it's I really mean, good. It's really good. Really cool. And uh, and and so one 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 of the things that we uh, we got a little bit of feedback about was like making sure that we explain some of these tools before we start talking about them. So I think that was good for Prensu. So you mentioned this other tool, the Night Coder. Yeah. So can you explain yeah. a little bit about that one? So what is that about? Uh, well, it's a it's a very simple IDE for closure. Um, and, and it's very, uh, it follows a very mainstream IDE design, hmm. um, kind of like IntelliJ. You've got your project tree on the left, 
you got your big editor pane, you got the build pane underneath. And it was first my first attempt at making a good beginner closure tool. Um, and I still maintain it. In fact, I released a new version last night um, from a hotel room. <laughs> Um, long story, I won't get into it, but, uh, it's very Zach though. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, um, honestly though, like since then I've, uh, I've been attacking this problem from different angles and I don't even really recommend it anymore as your first taste of closure. Okay. Um, because, you know, it still requires some setup. Uh, so Nightcode It'll, it'll fork off a separate process to run line again or boot commands, but you still need to have like, you still need to have a JDK install or something like that. Right. There's still some setup. And so ever since then, I've been trying to like reduce the number of steps to mm. just collapse mm. it down. Mm. Um, so I tried making an online thing, nightcoders.net, and uh, that obviously reduces the steps, right? You just go to a website, you log in, and you start coding. Is that, that where, is that where you run the host? You, you run the server side? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I run it. Um, it's, uh, it's on a German host uh, because they're really cheap, <laughs> but just need to keep in mind Which one? Germany has certain rules about what you can yeah. put on there. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> What they, the hell they, are you going to put on there that Germans want like? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Compared We're to the US, civilized uh, closure programmers yeah, yeah. here, you know. Yeah. Maybe I, some uh, of the Charlottesville guys, you know. I don't know. I okay. have not had any problems so far, but um, yeah. but yeah. but Nightcoders was my attempt to make it, you know, even fewer steps. Right. But it's limited in that uh, you can only do closure script. Uh, you can't do server side code mm -hmm. because I don't want to run arbitrary code on my server. So I, I, I started rethinking the problem, and recently I released LightMod, which is a client-side tool, and it lets you do full-stack closure. So you can do server-side code, client-side code, all in one package. And now I feel like this is my ideal. This is the thing I've been trying to build. Right. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, in that sense, more powerful because it's, uh, it lets you do actual full-stack closure. Mm. And it doesn't require any other uh, installation step. There's no, you don't need a Java runtime installed because it has a private Java runtime built in. Mm. Um, you don't need any boot or line again installed anywhere because it runs everything internally. It doesn't even launch a separate process. It actually runs your web app inside of its own process. So uh, that's what I try to point people to now. Let's um, just back, actually, let's just back up a little bit there, Zach, because you 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 blew, blew through that one, which <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is great. But you know, I think it's like whoa, all right, full stack. <laughs> let's just to take it right apart on. a little bit by bit because you know I think it is uh, it's a pretty mind blowing project. So so uh, how do you approach it again? Uh, light mod. Yeah, light mean? mod. So I mean, so. What do you do as a user of LightMod? What what are you? Uh, it's it's what? a client side tool. So you download it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's there's a version for Mac OS X, Windows, right. and uh, so it's Linux. like a big executable, a big ball of uh, goo. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and when you launch it, it's it it shows uh, a window that looks looks like an IDE, maybe a beginner IDE. Yeah. Um, but unlike 
Nightcode, which was more of a traditional looking IDE, like I mentioned before, mm. you know, it looked kind of like IntelliJ. Um, this uh, keeps everything in one window. So you, it actually mm. even has a little web view built in. Mm. So when you open up a project, you can have your web app on the left and then your code editor on the right. And all that is built in. It's like really vertically integrated. I don't know if any um, thing to come. It, it's hard to talk about this because there's actually, as far as I know, nothing that's similar in other languages. You know, something that this is this vertically integrated. It basically uh, bundles your back end code compiler, your front end compiler, ClojureScript, um, hmm. a, a text editor, a web view. It's just like shoves them all into one thing. It's like the opposite of the Unix philosophy. You know, it's just like everything in one, you know. So it's kind and, of like uh, an Emacs replacement for video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a kitchen sink. <laughs> the only thing I don't have is an email client. That's one thing that uh, uh, Emacs too bad. has. Um, but it's a similar idea. I think that uh, vertically integrated tools are better for beginners. So that's why I, I built yeah. that. Um, but, but anyway, this is, this is also targeted for the for the beginners, right? Because once you once you finish the application, uh, so to speak, I mean you need to find a way to. Uh, this is a learning tool, or, or do you think this is more like a production level thing that you can? Uh, uh, I'd say it's a learning tool. Export um, from. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I provide a way to export your project later when you're ready to use like a normal yeah. build tool. Um, so yeah. it's definitely a beginner tool, hmm. but. I think this okay. is a piece to the puzzle we were talking about. Like, how do we, how do we get closure to where PHP was 15 years ago? How can we slightly better, slightly better? Just, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think LightMod is part of that solution. It's not the full solution because uh, I still mm. don't provide a way to deploy. Um, yeah, but. But the editing part, the, that experience is, I think, like about as uh, as as easy and pre-configured as possible. Mm. Uh, the d deployment part is still is still interesting. I need to work on it, but uh, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to get my 15 year old self to uh, to use Clojure instead of PHP. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But if I could talk to him now, I. Still, I'm not sure I would recommend closure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's what I'm trying to fix. That is stellar. Yeah. So, in terms of like the the actual thing that you download, the the thing that you get, your executable. So, you say it's got a, like a web server and all this kind of stuff built into it. Is that something which anyone can can play with, or is that like all completely opaque and and all people can do really is just like use the editor. How, how much uh, how much configuration is going on there? You know, if if you actually want to take a deeper dive into it, I mean, what what can you do with it? Or is it are you kind of saying, look, this is off limits, and you know, you do the editing and I'll do the rendering and that kind of stuff? And no, there, there's some restrictions for sure. Um, you do give up some flexibility for the sake of you know simplicity. Sure. Um, so you you do have to use HTTP Kit. Which is uh, is that that's just built in the light mod. Um, yeah. You don't get to choose that, <laughs> um, but uh, but you do have quite a lot of control over the server. You can use whatever ring middleware you want, um, mm. and, and you have uh, almost total control over the server side code. 
so you can create your own routes. You know, you can create, um, you can use Senti to uh, to do WebSocket stuff. Mm. So you, there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff you can do, but yeah, there is some limitations. You have you have to give up some control uh, for the yeah. sake of uh, for the ease of use. Mm. And you also have the database um, thing embedded in it, right? Yeah, there's a database uh, uh, template. I tried to provide yeah. a bunch of templates that just showed yeah, yeah. different. Because I, I was I was just playing with the with the tool. I just downloaded it and it, it has a very nice way of saying, okay, if you want to build a small um, basic app or if you want to connect to the database using H2. So yeah. that, that, that's a really nice way to get started, actually. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I always learned well when I saw small sample projects. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and, and the whole idea of code examples, uh, this is a good mm. segue, by the way, in a Dynatalk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course. And, uh, code examples, I think are a much better way to learn than trying to read some dry technical description, you know, yeah. in a doc string mm. in anything else. Uh, uh, actually watching the code do something. This is, uh, even more important for closure. Uh, being a language centered around the REPL. So uh, mm. so that that's a lesson that I learned myself just from learning Clojure. You know, I learned most of it just from messing around the REPL. And so to, to make a good documentation generator, I think you need to uh, uh, incorporate that into it. You know, it can't just be, okay, I'm going to show you the doc string and yep. maybe the source code and that's it. Uh, having an interactive example embedded in that, I think, is the perfect way to like have way better documentation than uh, than yeah. than other languages. I think like too often people uh, they think about documentation in a static way because static languages that's what they do. You know, here's the function, here's the arguments, here's the doc string. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think if you want to do a better job than they do, you need to not think the way they do you need to actually yeah. like uh uh use take advantage of what's actually unique about closure you know something and, zach what 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 that presentation reminded me of of was like uh, uh <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm sort of having a laugh here but uh the brett victor talk i don't know if you're a fan of brett but um you know he he yeah, was I've heard all, of him. yeah yeah okay <laughs> well but he's all about that you know he's all about that kind of like the, the interactivity, the feedback loop, you know, but but actually, if you ever watch some of his demos, um, they're all awesome, you know. And he, it, it, it's, but I wonder whether he's catfishing the shit out of us because he's not releasing his code, you know. Where are his tools, you know? I mean, he's showing us what's yeah. possible, but I, it really sounds like it really feels to me like, yeah, ten years on, where is this shit, you know? And now yeah. he's off somewhere else, whatever, you know, in this dynamic land stuff. But what you're doing is really like essentially realizing and kind of like bringing to life many of the things that he spoke about when he was inventing on principle. You know, it's like, how do I get that loop going? How do I get that feedback loop going? And, yeah. and this seems it's like the reality of that dream is what you're bringing to us. Maybe that's too that's high a, praise, but, you know, <laughs> I think you're absolutely, uh, no, you're doing I, absolutely great I, work, you know. I actually think you guys need to praise me more. Okay, you're not really doing enough. That's true. We went off the rails a bit earlier on, that's for sure. <laughs> I, uh, but I've, I've seen the talk that you mentioned, um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it definitely uh, had an effect on me. 
And, and it's the same reason I uh, returned to Closure after using Rust. I was like, I, I need that interactivity. Yeah. And um, and I and I think uh, you know, it, to to make better tools, you actually have to realize that fact instead of trying to copy what static languages do. So, um, so that's what Dynadoc does. Um, if now. It's still mostly promise because the only way for it to really fulfill its goal is if people write code examples. And um, yeah. I don't know if I if my solution is the best, but I, I made a macro where you can define a code example for anything. And I'm already using it for my game library, my ClojureScript game library called uh, PlayCLJS. And, uh, and for, at least for my purposes, it works really well. It's literally like you write, kind of like when you write a spec, you know, and you mm. put it right next to the function. You can do the same thing with a code example. Put it right next to the function, death example, you know, and then create, you know, uh, provide a little example inside of there of the function with whatever arguments you want to provide. And... Uh, Dynadoc will do the rest. It will actually display it inside of the appropriate page. It'll let you play around with it from the browser. And uh, I mean, I, I think it got a good response. I uh, I put it on Reddit, got a long discussion. Yeah. You know, most people were positive. There was one asshole, by the way, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry about I, that. Uh, <laughs> it was you. It nah. wasn't me. I mean, I, I actually I love arguing with people on the internet because um, I it's I grew up doing. You're the first guy. Like I I grew up on web forums, just like throwing mud. Not even like polite arguments. Just like yeah, they're just real argument. And uh, and so I, I actually enjoy that. I just uh, I hate how society expects us to do all these stupid things, like be an adult. All the time and i i uh I, sometimes i just forget that like i'm not that teenager anymore maybe i should maybe i should uh rise above the fray but uh no nah, it's okay it's all right i no, i the, the, the response was awesome though like i had all this yeah. great feedback about it um and uh my my next step is i'm going to try to make a central repository of code examples Right. That you hmm. can you can put code examples for any library, closure core, anything, and you don't need it to be you know part of those libraries, right? It, like it can be a separate thing that uh, that anyone pulls into Dynadoc and they just get the code examples for yeah. free. Um, and I think hmm. that's great because it means like we don't need to get library authors to buy into this. We can just write the code examples for them, and and everyone will get them. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't created it yet, but that's my next goal. Because um, if we could do that, then I think our documentation will be incredible. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, so I'm like a thousand for, for percent. Now, just just um, a second, Vijay. I'm a thousand percent behind yeah. that because that's one of the things. I mean, I use Closure Docs all the time. Yeah, I mean, Closure Docs yeah. is, is superb. It's a great resource, but it's a so total frustration to me that it's not live. You know that it's mm -hmm. that it's not editable. That I can't actually play with it. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous, actually. Like you say, given the power of closure and closure script, okay, it came yeah. from an earlier age. I get that, but but what you're what you can do potentially is have a whole new generation of closure docs um, examples that are all completely live. They're all completely interactable, uh, interactive, yeah. um, and I think that's going to be absolutely spectacular for people's first experience. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of chance that this is going to be integrated into uh, closure docs. I no, think it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. It can be yeah. something separate, you know. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, and I didn't mention this before, but the primary way you use Dynadoc is is you run it locally. I mean, you can create static docs. You can put it on GitHub pages. Hmm. Um, that's what most documentation generators do, right? They they create these static HTML pages. You put them online, and that's good. That's important. But I actually think it's more useful to run it locally. You get documentation automatically for every dependency in your project. Uh, it's like mm. a developer tool at that point, and and uh, and I think it's a lot more powerful than creating static documentation that you put online, because um, obviously the closure examples are not going to be interactive in that case because you need a JVM. Um, yeah. But but running it locally um, inside of your project, it has access to every namespace, closure and closure script. It can provide like full documentation for everything, so that's that's what how I I think people should uh, look at it. Okay, so so is this like a bit like you know there was a I did a project a while ago where we were using like Swagger and that kind of stuff to give like interactive um, APIs. APM. So you can you can have yep. these REST APIs. You have the Swagger documentation. Yeah. Then you have this like little. Um, like a kind of REPL, I guess, where you can try the API out. You know, you can see what the results are back coming back from it. Um, but sure. it's not a proper REPL. It's you know, it's a bullshit thing. But yeah. is that is this is like that kind of thing, but for local developers? It is. It is. Yeah, I, I haven't used Swagger very much, but I think that that aspect is very similar. The fact that you can interact with it. Mm. Uh, but this this uh, this works with every closure or closure script function you can think of. It's not just APIs. Uh, it, uh, you can make anything interactive. Um, and, and the cool thing about closure script examples is that you can make them visual. So mm. when you go to the documentation page, you'll see the doc string, see the source code, but you'll also see optionally um, a little rectangle that displays, uh, it, 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 let's say it's uh, a reagent component can actually display it right there inside of the documentation page, and you can interact with it. Um, and and that's uh, that's very powerful. It's it's similar looking to dev cards in that sense. You have the little rectangle, mm. just like in dev cards. But the the big benefit here is it's integrated into the documentation. Well, now you can put it online, you know, mm. and people can play with it there. Um, and, and so it's it's like you get two for the price of one, basically. Mm. You know, documentation. And interactive front end tool. You know, it's like a combination of the two. So just just to be clear, and so it's like a way of explaining your code to fellow developers initially. That's what you're kind of gunning for. It's like this notion that I've got this namespace and I want you as a fellow developer to understand how to use it. And and these examples explain that visually or or technically sure. to to that fellow developer. Is that is that the goal of this yeah. project, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could say that's the goal of documentation in general. Oh yeah, but, but this is a this um, is a higher level, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, this just covers more ground because yeah. uh, it can output static docs, hmm. just like old school documentation. So you can still put it online, let people read it, but then you also got this this thing that you can run locally, um, which which will uh, just cover every dependency. Like I always thought it was stupid. Why, if you have a project with a whole bunch of closure dependencies, mm. if you want to see the documentation for all of them, what do you do? You go to each of their individual GitHub pages, 
look for the docs. Um, Clojure is a, is a language that provides everything at runtime. Hmm. So like we could just generate this stuff on your local machine and, and have a comprehensive uh, documentation viewer for every library that you're using. Why do you need to go all, all over the place to find this stuff? You can just have it all in one place. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Up. That is incredible. So just explain a bit more about how that works then. I mean, how does it, uh, is it, is it looking for, is it, what is the runtime part of this? I mean, how do I, if I'm in, like, if I'm not, if, I, if I'm not, but I'm a bit screwed, but I mean, if, if I, how do, how do I how do I get this thing thing working? Do I do I start up a local web server or, or what what do I no, do? No, it's just things? it's either a Linegan plugin or a okay. boot task. All so right. whichever one, whichever build tool you use, um, it's uh it's it's uh, just a matter of one command. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of boot, but yeah. a lot, obviously Linegan is still a majority. Um, so I have yeah. both. And uh, and a Linegan plugin, well, both of them, uh, they just spin up a, a local web server right. to display the interface. But you don't need to worry about that. I mean, uh, it it does that undercover basically. Mm. And um and and but the key is it uh, because it's a plugin, mm. it has access to all your dependencies. So you don't need to tell it that, right? right you just right, run right. it, and and because it's inside of your project. In Clojure, all you have to do is call the function all ns, and it, it'll just find every namespace in the entire class path. And and Clojure script mm -hmm. is a little bit more complicated, but it's a similar idea. It'll just find everything, and it'll just bring it all together and uh, display it in the interface. And that's something that's just uh, part of the the Lisp tradition, you know, making everything available at runtime mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that seems to be like your another part of your philosophy as well is like having everything included in your project rather than having it as a separate tool. And I think that's a really nice philosophy yeah. also um, that you don't have to go anywhere else to pick up these things. You know, you can just have it all there, readily available. <laughs> so, what does it look like when you're actually running this thing? Then you have to it runs at the web server, so you have to open it in a browser and then you have to just scan through it, um, like follow links essentially, like web links. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a web interface. Um, like people were asking about integration with Emacs and IntelliJ. I don't have any plans for that, honestly. Screw them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Screw them. <laughs> uh, Let I, them come uh, to you. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. But it is integrated into Light Mode, right? So it's already there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's, whoa, it's whoa, inside whoa. of. Yeah. Uh, it's like Google is privileging his own products. <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah! This is. Uh, <laughs> This is vendor. This is a vendor lock-in. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. Exactly. I, uh, I just need to figure out how to make money from all this shit because I haven't yet. <laughs> um, That's a shame. That is a damn shame. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, um, it, it, it's a web server, so it, so you know, obviously. You can access it with any web browser. Yeah, I, I just uh, I don't know. My, my focus is more on uh, making the, uh, the the tool itself and making it like really easy to use. I don't I don't really use Emacs or IntelliJ very much. So sure, sure. sure. Um, in my limited time, I haven't uh, uh, found the time to to do direct integration. But I mean, you could still use it, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just. You know, you're not going to see it directly in the editor or something. 
So a quick question mm. about like that. So it, coming back to the sort of deaf example thing. So how does it, like, let's say there's three things yeah. here. There's like the function, there's the spec, and there's the example. I mean, how do these three, how does these, yeah, how do these three things all kind of uh, interact or relate to each other? And what, how can we leverage one off the other, if you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the spec integration is very basic right now. Right. Um, and I need to do a lot better because right now it just displays the spec, but it doesn't even try to unroll it because you yeah. know how specs, you know, you can have lots of layers yeah, yeah. of specs inside of specs. Well, if you just see the bare spec, you don't see a whole lot. You gotta, you gotta, um, gotta unroll it. I, I haven't done that yet, um, so uh, that is a plan. Um, and, and yeah, the, and the example is displayed right next to it. Um, the the other thing is, it it might be useful to uh, um, to actually generate uh, example data using specs. Uh, people have mentioned that on Reddit. I just haven't really thought about it that much. I don't know if it'll be practical, but but spec is certainly important. I mean, it's a it's a part of the documentation. If you have it, then Dynadoc should uh, should make use of it, at least displaying it. Hmm. So um, so that's uh, that's like an ongoing thing to look into. But right now, yeah, it's kind of primitive how I how I use it. Well, spec isn't even one zero yet, so I think you know you've got time. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it, it will be eventually. Yeah, like I said, I'm excited about it. It's it's going to be huge. Uh, it already is huge, yeah. but uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's been um, really important. And for Dynadoc, I think uh, there's so many possibilities for how we could use this in documentation. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's uh, once again because it's part of the uh, runtime, and you have access to every spec at runtime. Dynadoc will have no problem leveraging it because it's running inside of your project it already has all of your specs it already has access to it so that's going to be pretty cool i think what i like about what what you're doing with like these um the dynadoc thing is you're saying look we need something which is which is kind of like well understood in terms of how to use these examples because there's been lots of complaints in the closure community about documentation and, and examples and the, the 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 what they call it the um the 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 doc string not doc being strings, pro yeah. properly formatted or blah 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 but you just say okay look just trash that just let's let's have a proper way to define an example rather than these arbitrary keywords that other people have talked about you know let's just have a proper way of doing yeah. it and I think I think you're onto something there because leveraging keywords in a in a doc in a string a doc string is just total bullshit I mean you know that's never going to be solid it's <laughs> never going to be right. You know, it's never going to be properly applied or followed. Whereas yeah. if you've got a proper example model for doing this thing, you know, and I really hope that this becomes a, a proper standard or a well-adopted standard in the community. Because I think this is the kind of thing where, you know, if we all get behind it, then, you know, we can we can really leverage the power of the actual yeah. language and the runtime systems rather than the power of the subsidiary tools. Yeah, that's... Uh like, uh, you know, doc strings provide uh, maybe some good context initially. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, like I said in the past, uh, you know, a, a good code example is more powerful than, you know, a, a very lengthy doc string. Um, it's much more direct. 
Um, mm. it, it, it also happens to be language neutral, essentially. You know, like someone who doesn't speak English can still probably learn from an example. Um, and point, and it's yeah. just, and it's so many good uh, advantages to it. And it just fits for a language like Clojure. This is a dynamic language mm. that uh, that wants to be evaled all mm. the time. So mm. let's do it. Let's eval. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the, the mm. idea that, uh, you know, I hate, and I've done this too, putting example code inside of a doc string. You know, I just twitch yeah. at the thought of it. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's uh, <laughs> because what can you do with that? You know, you can do nothing. Yeah, just, it's a hit and hope, it. isn't it? It's a hit and hope. Hope that some tool in some distant galaxy picks it up and makes some sense of it. Well, fuck yeah. that, you know? Yeah, it's not data. <laughs> if you're putting it in a string, yes. I can't do anything with that. Yeah. Um, so so storing it as data, as closure data, which is what def example does, yeah. means that I can leverage it. I mm. can eval it. I can do you know interesting things with it. Uh, so I, and I, like I said, I've, I've put examples in doc strings before, so I'm guilty of this too, but we should stop it, you know, yeah. like start, start, uh, providing examples in a uh, much more machine readable way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our documentation will be a lot better. So we should say like data or data is examples, examples is data. We need some kind of strap line here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about the marketing part, but uh, that's your example. Well, you're on defense, so it's already, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, we'll, we'll give you the, the necessary, necess oh, necessary, yeah, I don't speak English, uh, necessary uh, boost in the marketing, anyway. Yeah, so that'll be awesome. <laughs> um, I think we are slightly above the time, uh, unless we have any other topics that we want to talk about. Yeah, but the time can go fuck uh, itself as well. We got we got Zach on the true. show. I mean, you know, this is this is <laughs> we can't we can't stop. We've we've spent a lot, of, and we're not letting him go. You know, we all just hit pause, take a toilet break, and we come back and keep on rocking. You know. <laughs> At this point, dear listener, you might be wondering why am I still listening to these two idiots, just like Zach. But fear not, as their sign overlord, I have decided that this will be an extended sanitary stop. The currying and cursing will continue next week in the second part of this episode.